Go The Inspirationist. Join me for conversations with inspiring humans tapped into their creativity and solo chats as I get to know my own. Whether you're looking to spark inspiration, reconnect with your inner creative, or you're just starting to get to know your creative self, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Spark. Hello, my fellow creative. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Coco. And if you're new here, uh, the one thing I want you to know is that everybody has a creative self. And my hope is that this conversation and this podcast and these solos with Coco help nurture yours and give you permission to do the things that are on your heart and tend to your creative self and delight yourself. And that's why we're here today. I'm having a beautiful conversation with Heather Spooner from Ampersand Lettering Lab. She is a fellow multi-passionate creative who got into her work through the gateway drug of, of lettering. And now she has so many delightful offerings, one of which came out of the tragedy of the pandemic. She has an adult pen pal club called The Letter League. And I hope you enjoy our conversation about how it came to be and why. During this conversation, we talk camper vans and permission to change and passion projects. It is just the entire conversation is a delight. And there are a few moments in here where really it it is like I pull back the curtain and you get to hear our conversation about how I invited her into the conversation. And I wanted to leave it in because, again, I want you to hear that behind the scenes. I want you to know that this work is not easy for me. And in the stretching and the growing into my better and better and better creative self, there is discomfort. And I I hope that you find comfort in me sharing that. So also, before we get started, do you feel a little refreshed after yesterday's uh, snow day from Instagram and Facebook? It was like this huge permission slip to just be for me. Uh, I had slated the work that I was going to do yesterday be to create my social for the week. And I was not able to do that. And so I used it as a sign from the universe for me to watch TV, which is something I rarely do during the day. And it felt so incredible. I just relaxed. And guess what? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everybody's back. It made me so grateful for my email list. And Oh, speaking of email list, are you on my email list? Since last recording, since last week, I have started Sparktober. And if you listened to last week's episode, you got to actually be part of that brainstorm lightning moment that the idea came through for Sparktober, which I thought was very special and really kind of brings you inside my brain. So last week, before I sat down to record my solo episode, I had the idea, it just like came through Sparktober, just daily prompts to engage your creative self. And it felt it felt so big because it needed to start in, in three days from the, the moment the idea came. And I decided 
during the recording of that podcast that it was just going to happen. And I did. I've walked towards it and we are on day five. The prompts have been so good and so nourishing. And so the idea is for you to engage with your creative self on a daily basis in ways that you wouldn't necessarily expect. So this isn't like a a drawing prompt or like a paint every day or doing something artistic, but rather it's to weave creativity into your daily life and to show you that it's available all the time in in ways that doesn't don't cost a dollar. You know, it's just always available to us and I hope you're enjoying it. And if you're not on my mailing list, either head over to cocotheinspirationist.com and sign up, or you can DM me your email address and I'll pop you on the list. It's been really joyful for me to see you guys responding to my emails and hashtagging Sparktober 2021. So keep up the good work, keep engaging your creative self, and I I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. And now, without further ado, Heather Spooner from Ampersand Lettering Lab. Good morning. Thanks for saying yes to this. It still feels like Heck yeah. super weird to put myself out there, but like that muscle is getting stronger and stronger. And like when I feel inspired and feel a connection between somebody and like really admire their work, I'm just like, I act in that moment. And so it always feels super vulnerable in that moment, but I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, so welcome. I can imagine. Let's start by, I would love to know how you describe what you do and where you're from and who you are and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, My name is Heather Spooner. I live in Northern Michigan, Um, not the the top of the lower peninsula of Michigan uh, in a town called Traverse City. And I moved here in 2017 with my wife. I have a business that a year ago I would have described completely differently. Um, but I started my business, um, focusing on out like large scale murals and installate art installations. And then once COVID hit and all of those big public spaces, restaurants, bars, things like that were closed, I couldn't figure out where to place myself. So I um, spent some time away from my business and started thinking about what it is that I was missing personally. And um, at that time, we were uh, sending a lot of mail and receiving a lot of mail because it was my wife's birthday. And we um, were getting a lot of cards in the mail. And I thought, ah, the mail, this is something that brings me joy. How do I bring this idea into my business and make it something other people get joy out of. And so last year I started an adult pen pal club and so much. um, So now my business is this mural painting, sign making pen pal pairing hybrid. And it's wonderful. And it's all centered around connection and community. And it's, it's, I didn't know how much I was going to love it. And I love it. It's so great. That's so awesome. So yes, I think that's what um, attracted me to you to begin with is um, I love that you took this kind of like 
concept of uh, pen pals and you turned it into just this amazing way to connect people. And it seems that you're pretty darn good at it because you're on what your eighth round? Eighth round. Yeah. It's wild. So it's can so you great. give me a little bit of detail as to like, like how long the rounds are and kind of how many people are involved and how it's grown? Sure. Um, we're almost at 400 people involved. So wow. 400 ish pals, I think it's at like 389 or something. Uh, well, it have to be an even number, I guess. So 388, we'll say. Um, and in the beginning rounds were 45 people. Um, some rounds were 30 people. This last or the last few rounds have been 50 people, but they, they tend to sell out in a day, two days. It, they go so fast. Um, and it, it's so exciting that there's still people that are wanting that connection, even though now we're kind of on the other side of the pandemic, uh, at least the severity of it has lessened. And um, for a little while, I was fearful that people would be like, ah, let's go back to how we were. I don't have time to write letters. And I think being forced to slow down has made so many people realize they still want that connection and they want something like this that is slower, that embraces that slowed mentality that they have adopted in the last year. Yeah, so, I think that's I think that's so beautiful. Uh, the I think I think we've all learned things about ourselves that we can't unknow now and have kind of rejiggered the things that we thought and placed value on before and now. And it's like you're this facilitator of connection. And I love that. And that's the, the theme of this second season of my podcast is the, the um, intersectionality of creativity and connection. And of course, like that specific piece of your business is just, is that. Um, and I think that that is just so beautiful. So what comes when you sign up, can you tell us a little bit about what comes with it? Cause that too is beautiful. Well, thank you. Uh, so when someone signs up, they take a survey about themselves and uh, tell me anything they think I need to know about them. And uh, that's just for me to look at. Their pal doesn't get that. Um, but then once I pair everybody with their pal, I send out a little curated box of everything they need to send their first 10 letters to their pal. So they get their pal's information, their address, their pronouns, that's all they get is their address and their pronouns. Um, well, obviously they're their name as well, mm -hmm. but um, they get 10 cards, 10 envelopes, uh, stamps, envelope seals, and some kind of pen um, that has kind of evolved to this last round. I was able to pair with uh, the amazing folks at Let Lady Fingers Letterpress. And we kind of worked together to curate a mini pen kit because so that's something they offer for their business as curated pen sets. And it just worked out beautifully. It was so nice. So this last round, everyone got three handpicked pens that I picked out that, uh, that I love. So oh, yeah. that's so beautiful. And uh, of course, um, the branding is so good. And that's a question I had for you. So um, did you start was lettering like your gateway drug into this whole world like it was for me? Or did you go to art school? Like, tell me where your you kind of started. Yeah, 
I did not go to art school. I am self-taught. I uh, was an elementary school teacher in my previous life. (laughs) Uh, I taught fifth grade. But uh, forever, for my whole life, since I was a small, small Heather, um, I was the person that everyone asked to make stuff. So posters, signs, banners, you know, and then as I progressed through school to high school, it was homecoming and, you know, all of the things people needed a banner or something like that for was like, oh, Heather will do it. Let's Mm -hmm. ask Heather. (laughs) So then um, I kind of fell into that same role as an adult where people were asking me to do things and I was just like doing it as a friend for, you know, my friends. And then um, after I taught for five years, I left public education and uh, my wife and I traveled. And when we came back to the States, we, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do because my brain, I felt, had outgrown the four walls of a classroom. And I couldn't stuff myself back into that box that mm. I fit in before because I didn't fit in it anymore. And uh, these people were still asking me to do things, but now they were like having babies and buying houses and doing all of the, you know, getting married, all of these things. And it was like, hey, can you do this thing for me, make this sign for my wedding, make this sign for my baby's nursery. And I started putting a price on things just, you know, and, and it was nothing. I mean, I barely covered my supplies. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. So <laughs> then I started thinking more seriously and this is kind of when the Etsy boom was happening when it was, when it was super cool and new and, I, I threw some things up on Etsy and I could direct people to a place where they could look through some things to get ideas. Uh, Instagram for business was not a thing yet. Um, so yeah, I just kind of plotted along and then I realized I had stopped looking for jobs elsewhere and I was going to figure out how to make this be the thing that earned me money. So here we are. That's so awesome. Um, when you guys traveled I'm so, it, it reminded me, did you guys just get a camper van and you're building that out? Yeah. There's, there's so many things about you that I'm like, Oh, me too. I love that too. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's so great. That's so great. So you guys are working on it now. We own the van. It is at our friend's shop. He's putting a new radio in for us and getting it all ready for us to just basically demolish the inside. So, you know, loosening the bolts for us and making sure everything is fairly easy to tear apart. He's a big car lover. So it's such a blessing that he's also our neighbor and he has this shop that he can take it to and kind of tinker with it. Um, but hopefully the next couple of weeks, we're going to bring it home and start taking it apart. Uh, and hoping by the end of summer, we can make our inaugural van trip even if even even if it's not completely done we're gonna hop in and throw throw some sleeping bags in the back and do a short little weekend trip I think oh that's so awesome um my husband and I like fell down the rabbit hole of camper van camper van build outs like after we bought a house and had a couple kids and I was just like where was this when I had no children like (laughs) Like, this is amazing. And so my husband's in the Coast Guard. So we're a little bit more um, 
rooted in this life right now. Um, but we live in Maine and, uh, he's retiring in three years. So this is where we're staying. And so we're really getting into like camping and we built a platform out in our woods and we're, we're surrounded by woods. And it's just like this whole idea of like creating your own reality has really been swirling in my head lately in, in all the ways, right? Like, and I've been trying to focus on like the abundance just right here because it can get really easy to get into the mode of like, I wish I could do that. Or like, I wish I had money to do that or go here. And it's like, but right here is pretty darn good. And I've got, you know, the, the ability to make this as beautiful as, as I see fit. And so there's something about that with camper vans or just like, you know, that kind of mobile vacationing thing that I love when you're like building it out to suit you really well. I'm so excited. Are you going to share the journey on social a little bit? I don't know. I'm torn because <laughs> it's like my passion project outside of what I do oh, that's for work. Cool. So I kind of selfishly want to keep it to myself and like share this with Christy and we may chronicle it for our own eyes. I don't know. I, I don't know yet. We haven't decided yet if that's something we're going to share. And then for privacy reasons, we probably won't share a lot um, sure. of travel stuff until it's over. Uh, but we'll see. I might sneak a photo or something out there so people can see it. Cause I yeah, know I'm excited. excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited to see the design. Like basically I just want to see what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. not, I'll send you a message. Okay, cool. That'd be awesome. <laughs> not everyone gets to see it. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. Cool. You were saying you were talking about falling down the rabbit hole of camper vans and it kind of reminded me of, um, I feel like it's so easy for people to jump into or you know fall down the rabbit hole of inspiration but then start developing jealousy like you were saying like you're trying to be present and see the abundance you have in your life instead of looking at looking at other people's stuff or travels or whatever and saying oh I wish that was us why aren't we doing that whatever and I've had to be really diligent about not going on, you know, Pinterest or something like that, or people's blogs where I'm like looking at these million dollar van build outs, because that's not what we want to do. Right. Um, and I think that all translates to, to like a creative life. I think uh, adults, especially with, with Pinterest have started looking at things or Instagram even started looking at things and feeling like they have to do things perfectly and it has to be curated and it has to be spotless. And I don't think any of that stuff is healthy. <laughs> and I don't think people realize how unhealthy it is. Um, but I'm, I'm very proud of you for pulling back and seeing what you have in front of you and, and making it work because that's very much a philosophy and a principle that I hold close to my heart. Like do what you have where you're at with what you have. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I know that whole, like, be grateful is a bit trite, but it's so true because, um, yeah, I, my husband is a very big, like he's a, he loves to learn. So he's always like watching videos on how to build things and like all that stuff. And I've tried to push him into like, okay, cool. You've learned enough, like make a move, do something. Like I find myself getting completely like maxed out with 
the scrolling and the like consuming other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, my whole like, so back last year during the pandemic, um, my mom had a really big mental health challenge that seemingly came out of nowhere. We had never experienced it before. And it was so hard. And I was trying this podcast. I've had this dream of having a podcast now. I love podcasts and I've always listened to them. Not the like beautiful NPR one. I mean, I love, I love all those like really nicely curated ones, but the ones that really inspire me, I'm like, I can do that. Like I can do that and I'm going to do that someday. And it's, it took me two years to finally like teach myself. Also, I'm a stay at home mom military wife. Like we've moved in the middle of the pandemic. We moved ourselves by ourselves because it was like, it was at that moment in May where we were just like, do we want people touching all every single thing that we own? Like back when we really didn't understand the virus yet. And we were just like, I guess we're going to do this ourselves. And we moved ourselves eight hours uh, North and it was wild. All the while this like passion has been on my heart. And anyways, there was a second, a second version of this. Actually, the first version of this podcast was called Perfectionist Anonymous. And I, it, that's the reaction I get. So many people were like, oh yes, I need that. And, and for whatever reason, it just didn't, I just couldn't get it out into the world. And I think it's because I, I actually don't want to talk about the things that are holding me back as much as I want to talk about the things that that I'm growing into and reaching towards and stretching towards and that inspire me. And once I like shifted it, like I still talk about, you know, getting over my perfectionism, but I don't need to have that be my main focus. Right. Like my husband, I was kind of stuck one day and my husband's like, what do you want to talk about? Like, what is it that you love and could endlessly talk about? I think he already knew the answer because I endlessly talked to him about it. So he's just like, yeah, you're going to be great at this. Like, please find a place to put this, that I don't have to be the only person that hears this, you know? Um, but, um, so the second version of the podcast was called the spark, but it was a little bit, um, it was more precise because I love the idea. I am really kind of dialed into my ideas and my downloads. And like, I can get some really bright ideas, some really fiery downloads. And I love that moment. And I kind of have, have learned to like sit in it and enjoy it. And I wanted to tell other people's stories. Like, like, do you remember the moment that, um, that your pen pal project came to you and, Right. Like you could, but in the, in the beginning of me doing this, not having like many people in my world to, to bring in, like people were like, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough to say about it. So anyways, my mom got really sick and it just was so heavy. And I was trying to put this podcast out and I was just, it felt like I was like pushing everything uphill and I was just so drained and I let it all. I finally, I was just like, I need to set it all down. I need to set my relationship with her down for a while and just take a break and like have some silence. My friend calls it the fertile void, which is so beautiful. Like that's exactly what it was. And when, when I paused the first week was like that, like discomfort of like, you know, like settling into not doing anything and giving yourself the permission and talking yourself like into just the being. And then the second week it was just like, download, 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 download. Like 
Coco and inspirationist and like this podcast. And it was just like this fire that came up and this, this, it was just amazing. And now it's like, it's unfolding so easily. And, and now every time I connect with somebody new, like connection and creativity to me are like these, this beautiful pairing. And, and it's like, I get to be this best version of myself, like totally lit up in my power. Because for the longest time, I like, I love this side of me, but like not everybody in my world could handle this. Like I was always dimming and like afraid to, and I would catch people like people's ears all the time. And they would be like, wow, you you know, you're really excited about that. And I'm just like, shit, I got to find my people. I got to find my people because they're out there because when I do find them, people are just like, oh no, I know exactly what you mean, you know? And so I don't know. I just am really glad that I paused and it was cool to hear you say that you paused when you, um, was it when you transitioned out of being a teacher or was it over the COVID? I think we all paused during COVID. We but. all paused during COVID. <laughs> um, I've had a couple of really good pauses where things, uh, I had no expectation and I just kind of sat in the discomfort of whatever that moment was. The first one was when we came back from traveling and it was, I was back in the States. I had hung my hat on the identity of being a teacher for so long. Um, that was my answer whenever anyone asked what I wanted to be when I grew up, I was going to be a teacher. And even that is kind of rooted in this idea that it was palatable. It was safe. It was something everybody knew what it was. I could, you know, sit next to someone on an airplane. And when they said, what do you do? I could say teacher. And they looked back at me, you know, projecting all of their feelings of teachers they had had in the past and loved or hated. And, you know, it it opened a conversation. And so much of that was my identity for so long that I, when we came back to the States, I just was like, who am I? What do I do? What do I say when people say, what do you do? And then I started talking about what I did for fun instead of what I did for work, because that was something that uh, when we were living in New Zealand, that was something a lot of people first was their hobby, their passions outside of what they do for work. And I really admired that, that there was not such a focus on what you do for work like we have here in the States. Yeah. So I tried to do that for a while about that. Um, And then I started getting really uncomfortable when I would start dabbling in my art side, because I think there's this, this mystery and intrigue and, um, negative perception of what it means to be an artist because so many people are fed the bullshit line that you know all artists are starving and you can't make a living doing what you you know you can't make a living making art um and I I think you do have to significantly be a, a huge part of you needs to be a business person which you have to do the work and learn how to do Um, because there are plenty of people who are very talented artists and they haven't made that, uh, they haven't gone on that journey of what it means to be a business person and actually sell the art they make. And that's when I think you're in a little bit of a lurch where you have all this beautiful art and you don't know how to make, you know, profit from it or let it pay your bills. Um, but when I started doing art stuff and people asked what I did, I did this really awkward fumbly and I'm, I'm not lost for words ever. And, I was so uncomfortable with myself 
that it was immediately obvious to other people where I was like, well, I, I make, I do, I'm a, a, I don't know. I stopped a hundred times before I would say like, I am an artist, question mark. I don't know. I just, it, it made everybody uncomfortable. So I had to find a, a, a good landing place to be able to say, I make art. I make money making art. I make all kinds of art. I, and even that has morphed to like, I create art to connect people, whether that's a large scale mural, whether that's a small little project where I'm curating an experience for people to connect. Um, a lot of my business is just based in exactly what you were saying earlier with that intersection of creativity and connection. That's, um, and that still makes people look at me like I have two heads, you know, I'm like, I know you haven't heard this before and this may make you uncomfortable, <laughs> but also I get a lot of people that respond with, Oh, I wish I would have done yeah. this thing. I wish I could have the, the, uh, guts to go out and do this thing that I love, um, and know how to make it profitable. And it's yeah. not for everybody, for everybody, but I think it's important to, to take those pauses to understand yourself enough so that you don't find yourself staring in the face of a stranger and not able to, to be your own voice and advocate for what you do and who you are and what you believe in. You have to know that. So that was my first big pause was to, to figure out who I am and what I do and what I love. Um, and then I've done it a couple of times throughout the course where I just feel like everything is like climbing up my body, covering me with Ivy and sticking me to the ground that I need to like clip myself free for a minute and just be still and, and figure out what's next. And I, I don't think many people allow themselves that time. And yeah, I think that's really beautiful that like you have this, like, see my pause was like out of, um, like just a hundred percent necessity, just like completely strung out. But for, for you, it looks like you've figured out that like you need that. And I've actually built that into the podcast. That's why I'm doing seasons because I'm building in a break. Like when I was like, how do I make this sustainable? How do I make this work for me where I can feel recharged and where I can have like, um, an abundance of, of creativity without running. Cause I think that's been a fear of mine forever is like, because I'm a multi-passionate and because whatever I do, I do it really well. And everyone's like, Oh, you should sell that. Oh, you should sell that. And I'm just like, I don't want to make this again. Like I made this now in inspired with inspired action, but I don't think I want to make a hundred of them. I don't think I want to put it on Etsy. I don't think like, I, like, you know, and, and that's so, okay. I yeah. think people are afraid to admit that that's okay. Like oftentimes I say, I'm making this, no, I'm not selling it. Or here's this thing I did it. No, you can't have one. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. But I think so many people think you want to monetize everything you do. Yeah. That's hard. I, I absolutely hear you. So when, um, when I took that pause and when I started having all the downloads, one of the big downloads for me was that, um, I used to think that I could never stick with anything. I used to think that like, I would just like do something once. And then like, there was this, some sort of like defect in me that I wasn't interested in doing it forever. And I also, I've told my listeners this before, but I had this great aunt, um, that was a watercolor artist, like prolific. 
she had a huge body of work and it was all very similar. And like, she had her style dialed in and she died when I was very young, but like the messaging that I got is that like, if you're going to be a professional artist, like you do that one thing and then you just do it forever and then you die. Right. And so like, um, and nobody put that in my brain on purpose, but like, that's just kind of what I took away from my childhood. And then when I wasn't able to do that, it was just like this incongruency of like, well, well, I guess I'm just not good enough to, to, to be on that level. Now, I guess I'm just a crafter, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. and so when I was having that like fertile void, I was like, oh, what I actually am good at is, is like sparking my creativity and following inspired action. And I'm a multi-passionate and that's actually a good thing. Like I can build a business around being a multi-passionate. And I think more people are multi-passionates than they're willing to, to admit. Like, I don't think anybody likes just one thing, right? Like, right. And, and I think that you're proof of that because you're just like following in, you know, your inspiration and where it's leading you and it's leading you in like you pair pen pals. Like, would you have guessed that? Right. Not in a million years. Right. And now it's this beautiful addition to your business, creating all this connection, which is like rippling out into the world. And I think that when we get too focused on like being just one thing, we lose our magic. And so, absolutely. So part of like that big download was like, well, if I can use me as like, I also think that everybody has a creative self and that when we tend to her and just like a physical self, we have to take care of our physical bodies and take care of our mental health. I think that we also have a a creative self and you can get along without tending to them, to her. But if you do, it's like, it's like compost. It's like you, you put in all different things that nourish your creative self that don't seemingly relate, you know, like do all the things just for you, not for Instagram, not for your business, not for any of that, but just to nourish your creative self, then all sorts of things can bloom out of it. Right. Looks like you're taking notes. (laughs) I'm taking notes because I'm going to forget what I want to say to you. Um, Back what you were saying before calling yourself one thing, I also struggled from that. I was like, well, shit, I'm not, uh, you, I'm not one, one kind of artist, you know, there are artists and people who are that and, and it fits them well, it suits them well. And I thought everyone had to be that you'd have to, you know, pull five things and they all were in the same color family. They were all congruent. And I, had a really hard time identifying. And I think with this idea of building a brand for yourself, people get really stuck on this one thing they are. And then they end up pigeonholing themselves. And when they're like, oh my God, I hate the color orange. Mm. And now I'm stuck. I'm the girl that paints an orange. Mm -hmm. I have said this before to a couple of people. Had I been so hell bent on being one thing I would have missed this opportunity last year to, uh, to start doing pen pals. If I had just said, Oh no, I'm a mural artist. My business would have died. I would not be standing on the other side of this with a business that is thriving because I was putting my own ego ahead of everything else. You know, 
thankfully I'm at a point now where I can say, I don't need to be one thing. I, I can listen to this. Let's jump and try and figure this out. Um, but yeah, had I said, no, I am only a mural artist. I would never have done this and how sad that would have been. Or I'd be watching it now. I'd be watching some other person who this idea then showed up in their mind. Yep. And I'd be thinking like, wow, I could have done that. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Have you read Big Magic? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read Big Magic. So that where like yeah. this idea then is like, oh, you're not ready. I'm going to flit over here to this person and give them that idea because they have the space to act on it. Exactly. And I think I would just look at it and be like, oh that was supposed to be mine. That's happened to me so many times because for the longest time I felt like I wasn't available. And once I read big, big magic, I think that's where this whole like creative self taking care of your creative self really came from ever since I've done that, like actively done it. Like I'm doing these little paintings on, you know, the pan Pantone, um, postcards, mm. do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I've been doing these little, um, paintings on them almost every day now, just to kind of like, because, um, I am a planner. I like things like to challenge my perfectionist tendencies. I bought five, my brand colors in, is this called gauche? Yeah. Oh, gauche. Um, just my brand colors, like a nice little brief brand colors, no plans, no sketching, just go and uses, I can use the whole tube. Like I have a thing also this, like like a lack mindset of, um, not wasting stuff. Mm -hmm. So I've just been trying to push myself to use like more paint and, and, and no plans and just like whatever I feel like doing in that moment. And, you know, like I'm not going to sell these. Right. But like, who knows what's going to grow from this? You know, like I might actually back in January, I just did an, I did an illustration challenge a, 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 like a digital illustration challenge where I just felt like I needed to like spark up my inspiration. And as I was taking on this new role of a multi-passionate creative and branding myself, I was like, I'm just going to choose my brand colors. And then I'm going to do an illustration a day in these brand colors. Like that's it there. And so like, and some of the stuff that came out of it, you see in my branding now, like these little bits of illustrations here and there. And like, it creates so much depth for me to know that like, I am really representing my full self because I've created all of this. And like, I'm capable of so much in so many ways. And, and so when I decided like that, I was going to own being a multi-passionate, it was like, if I'm going to own it and I'm going to actually show people how I'm doing like forward face that, like, I'm not going to hide any of that. I want to stand tall and shine bright and, and claim it and then show everybody all the ways that I'm doing it in hopes that maybe I can give permission to other people to do the same. And that's exactly it. It's that permission piece. It's giving yourself the permission to make mistakes and know that it doesn't have to be perfect and just get in there and get messy. And I think so much of the time, especially as adults, we dismiss that creativity piece as being a childhood thing, a mm -hmm. thing for children. And we make excuses that we don't have time and we're not good at it. And there are other people that are good at it and I'll just pay them to do it. <clears throat> but I think we forget the part that like owning those, 
have every that like you said earlier everybody in has a creative self and it doesn't have to be being able to pull off the perfect instagram worthy birthday party for your child it can be a little scrappy journal you keep for yourself of you know an illustration of the dogs that walk past your home while you drink coffee in the morning and nobody needs to see it right it can just be for you and because we live in this fast paced digital world, I think so many people see online creatives who I think people forget that for a lot of these people, it's what they do for money. It's a, it's a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of those people have something of their own that they're not sharing to keep that spark going. To, Which is, might ins- be your camper van. Yeah. I mean, I, I do so many things that, that fuel my creative self. I love painting my nails. Um, and that's something I do for myself, but also like right now they have a million little daisies on them. That's awesome. That I painted with the end of a bobby pin to make little circles. Um, I think what you're saying earlier, like giving yourself permission to just do it be bad at it, make, make mistakes, find a tool you like. I bought these new, like new to me gel markers, gel sticks. I don't know what they're called, but they're like so smooth and lovely. And you can paint, you know, watercolor with them. You can just draw with them. And they're just like this gel like consistency. Cool. And I've just been like doodling the different things on our seed packets that we've been paint, we've been planting. I've been bringing them inside and drawing them for myself. No one will, no one will ever see those. Right. <laughs> it's for me. Um, but people need to set aside that time. And I think with something like the Letter League that I've been trying to get across to people is that this is a thing for you. It's just you know your time to sit and. to to write or to decorate an envelope or to, you know, make a little doodle and stuff it inside to send to your pal, just give yourself that time and permission to do something for yourself, to be creative, to explore that side. And I don't think many adults uh, allow themselves that time. Yeah. My husband, so he's in the Coast Guard and he just went through a really long two years of depression And, um, he like, as I'm kind of like rising and figuring it out and like really tapping into all of the the ability that I have, I've started to notice that I'm rubbing off on him and he's picked up, um, did, uh, film photography and now, um, and he built a platform, which he like learned how to do that on YouTube. And like, he is actively doing creative things like in his own way. And I'm just like, see, it's important. It's totally important. And he's feeling so much better. I mean, also he's moving his body. Also, he's not drinking so much, like also, also, but like that creative piece, it could be baking. It could be like, it doesn't, it honestly doesn't matter. It could be making your bed beautifully just for you. Right. Like those things throughout your day, it's important to fill yourself up with all of that. There was one thing that I wanted to tell you 
um, cause I think you'll relate is, um, in 2017, I also, or 2000, like before 2017, I was a stay at home mom, but I was always doing stuff creatively to just, cause I just cannot not like, I always have projects going. And, um, when people ask me what I did, same thing, it was that fumbling around that, like, I was so embarrassed that I couldn't articulate it. And also there was like that identity of being a stay at home mom. And like, I got so tired of like leading with it. Cause I'm like so much more than a stay at home mom. But, um, in 2017, the first day of the year I woke up and I can remember I was sitting on the couch drinking coffee. And I was like, this was the first year too. I've also done a lot of work around here, but that I didn't set a, a resolution, a goal about my body, which is such a fucking gift that I've given myself to like, let go of so much of that. Right. Mm -hmm. I carried around so much of that bullshit programming for so long. Um, but I told myself, I'm just going to call myself an artist like this year. That's all I'm doing is when people ask me what I do, I'm going to say I'm an artist. And then I'm going to say the things, you know, a couple things that I'm working on, you know, and maybe I'll say that I'm a stay at home mom, but I just am going to pull apart. And for me, it was also loaded because like I wasn't making money with my art. And for me, those two things like art, big A artist was like you were monetizing your gifts and I wasn't doing that. I was just doing them for fun mm -hmm. and it felt like it wasn't enough. And so I just decided like I'm just going to reprogram myself. And, and it's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm just going to do it. And, um, nobody cared like spoiler alert. And that's like the biggest, uh, like, like thumbs up is like, no, everybody knew it. I'm glad you're here now, but everybody knew it already. And, and just like giving myself the permission to say that that started me on this trajectory. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a multi-passionate creative. I do all the things, you know, I can do all the things, you know, and I can't wait to see what else I'm going to get into. Like right now it's, you know, lettering and it's painting and it's podcasting. And, you know, sometimes I make stop motion videos. Like I can, right, right before this, I was downstairs building an A-frame Lego set, like from scratch. We have a lot of Legos and I've had this A-frame I don't know if you listen to any of like the Abraham Hicks stuff. Do you know what that, who that is? No, it, it's just, um, it's like, a, a abundance mindset kind of stuff and, um, and calling in uh, law of attraction, that kind of stuff. And, um, for whatever reason, I have had an a frame in my, she calls it, they call it, uh, my vortex for so long. Like, I don't know why, like, I have no, like, I don't have memories of an A-frame like house. I don't know why, but I just am like, I see it. I see it as part of my life somehow. And so lately it's just been like really like in there. And so I was like, Felix, let's go build an A-frame. Let's go start it before I have to, you know, work. And um, it's just like, even that, like building, building Lego, we do it as a family. It's really, it's really awesome. My husband's really into it too. And my kids are incredible. And it's so cool. Cause it's like using your brain in like such a different way. And yet it's coming out really cool. And, and that's creative too. And it's, it's just, it's uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but um, yeah, it, I'm excited to get back to the A-frame. <laughs> ah, I love that. Uh, 
when you were talking about calling yourself an artist, I think the key to any of these things is confidence. Mm-hmm. So if you believe what you're saying, nobody's going to question you. Right. You could say that, you know, you're a underwater basket weaver and people are going to believe you if you don't shake when you say it. You have to speak confidently about yourself and what you do and no one will question what you say. Right. Like when I decided that, so my name is Courtney, but Coco came through because I've always wanted a nickname and we, I used to live in Hawaii when I first started dating my husband. And one time we were, um, he wasn't there, but I was out with friends and I told them I wanted a nickname and somehow people were like, Coco. And I was like, yes, I'm Coco. And then right after that, we went and we hiked through this like tunnel in this gorgeous little beach. And I had a panic attack inside the tunnel because I don't like small spaces. And my friend was like, Coco, you can do this. You're Coco. You're made for this. And so I get out the other side. And as soon as I pop out, there's this boulder, one boulder that has the word Coco scratched on it. Yeah. And everybody there was like, oh my God, it's like the universe, like you're Coco now. Right. So then my husband comes home like days later and he's like, um, I was like, guess what? And I told him the whole story and he was just like, yeah, I'm not going to call you that. And I was just like, what I've been wanting a nickname my whole life. This one feels like it was given to me. And uh, he's like, well, you can have it, but I'm just not going to call you it. And I think it was partly, it was two things. I think he, he was a little sad that he wasn't part of it. It was like such a big moment that he wasn't part of. And then also he associated with it with iced tea and, and his wife, Coco. And like, he, he was just like, no, that's not you. Um, anyways, that was 10 years ago. And I've always just really wanted a nickname. And then it occurred to me during that fertile void, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, cause I used to be Dutch door design co. Cause I, when I first started out on my own, I just needed like kind of an umbrella design company to kind of, I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. And so when I, I was, but I felt like I outgrew it. Like all of a sudden one day during that time, I just felt like these shoes don't fit anymore. These clothes are too tight. Like, you know, those moments where you're just like, this isn't me anymore. And then I was like, well, if that's not me, like, what is it? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be Coco because I can be whatever I want. Right. Like, and, and I was like, and it felt like a, uh, like a back door to getting a nickname. Right. And now I get to just be this. And then also like, speaking of confidence, like I made up a word like inspirationist, like, what is that? But it feels right to me. And like, it feels like exactly the message is kind of like it's, it's made up, it's inspired, it's, it's divine, it's, it's me. And it's the one thing that people always tell me when I get in this like really excited place, they're like, wow, you're really inspiring. And I'm just like, I'm not doing anything prolifically right now. Like, like I wish, and that was like back then it was like, I wish I could do one thing. I just can't, I don't know, I'm broken. And then now I'm like, no, like that's my thing. And And once that came through, I was just like, oh, okay. And it took a little time to kind of like feel it like and and own it. But now Mm -hmm. I'm just like, this is me. And it couldn't feel more aligned. It's like Coco came to me 10 years ago 
And now she's here, we're here. And she's like the better version of myself that I'm reaching towards the most creative, the most like, like fully expressed, shiny version of myself. And I love, I love that. And it's this like reaching towards her. She inspires me. And, and then I am her inspiring others. It's beautiful. I, I love it. Totally. Totally is. That's so wonderful. A uh, similar thing happened to me. I also had a, a previous business name that I um, outgrew or rather was told I, I was at a business retreat and a now friend of mine <clears throat> at the time it was, she was a stranger came up to me and said, you are spoon feather designs. And my name is Heather Spooner. So I was, when I was searching to find a name for what I did, I was like, spoon, Heather, Heather, spoon, feather. I will be spoon feather designs. And uh, I, I had all of these feathers and pink and girly oh, wow. feminine things that I thought like, that's what a hand art lettering artist was because at the time that was all I was seeing was like these super feminine, uh, scripty mm-hmm. letters. And, uh, I went to a business retreat and the, I had on my name tag, what, uh, my business name was, and she had followed me on Instagram and she walked up to me and went, you are nothing like I thought you'd be. And I was <laughs> gutted. I was like, what, what? I was so mad. Um, and then on the way home from the retreat, I had rented this tiny little rental car and I am like a six foot tall human being and every, you know, when you're mad, everything feels extra, extra. So this car felt so small and I was fuming and I was mad driving down the freeway. And I realized like, she was right. I am not this. So what am I, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like what do I say? And, and that was another pause for me where it was like, okay, let's shelve this for a while and uh, think about who I am and what I am at my best. And what do I want to, the world to see me? How do, how do I want the world to see me? And she, I very much was hiding behind feathers and fluff and, and pink things. And then kind of the same thing uh, as your nickname I when my wife and I had first started dating uh, we were teaching in the south at two different schools but there was nothing at the time in our contracts protecting us from losing our jobs um, for our sexuality so um, we very much were quiet about our relationship our students didn't know our administration didn't know uh, in the beginning and we had just both decided on the ampersand looking like somebody with arms crossed giving a hug and it was a normal stroke on a keyboard so if it slipped its way into a an email to each other no one would ever know what it meant so we had said like the ampersand was our little secret I love you and we kind of you know hid behind that for years and then when I was deciding what my business was going to be and this element of hiding something about myself it was like, oh, I need to put that at the front. Like yes. I need to lead with the thing that made me uncomfortable and made me uh, pretend I was somebody different for other people's comfortability. And so I, I decided the ampersand was 
what I was going to lead with and, and, and it symbolized connection and the opportunity for more and the suggestion that there is more. And there's just so much about it. That is what I is who I am. Um, and so I also decided it needed to tell what I did and I was the lettering artist only at the time. So I decided lettering lettering lab was what it needed to be. And I don't think I've looked back once. I, I, it felt so right. And yeah. I had committed that no one was ever going to meet me again and say, you're nothing like I expected you to be nothing like I thought I was. I love that so much. And like, as soon as you like put it forward, it was like, it unlocked like all that, like, yes, it's, it's, and it's you, it's you and your wife, it's a connection. It's like, obviously this is exactly where you need to be because it just like clicks for, for me, it clicks me and, it's just, and, and I can tell it clicks for you. And it, isn't that so cool when it happens? And I love that you said you shelved it because it reminded me that, um, one thing that I've been trying to do in this new version of myself is really trust, trust my ideas, trust, trust my inspiration and not hold on really tight to ideas and worry so hard that like, this is the only good idea or like, there's, you know, I've noticed that when I trust that there's just an abundance of ideas coming at me too. And just like, when they're ready for me, they'll be here. And then when, and in the same breath, it's like, when an idea does come that it is meant for me, mm-hmm. like I, I used to like push ideas away. I have a lot of ideas all the time. Um, I don't know if everybody's like my, my brain's like everybody's, but like I, um, for the longest time, I felt like I had ideas whizzing past me and I couldn't like grab them because I didn't either like have the skills to turn them into anything, right? Like before I taught myself graphic design and, and all that kind of digital stuff, I didn't really know what to do with these ideas. It's like, oh, that would be a great t-shirt. Okay. Bye. Like there's not, like, I can't do anything with that. You know, I have to involve other people. And now that I, you know, I have some skill sets here that I'm, and I'm pretty good at it, that now I feel like I can, um, harness them. And I also feel like this, this deep knowing that, um, when ideas come, I don't push them away anymore. I'm just like, well, that was meant for me. And it might not be meant for now. It might just be meant to be here filed away. And that's one thing that I've been loving lately because ideas have been pulling forward and pulling, like I'll have an idea And maybe like, for instance, in my um, 30 days of digital drawings back in January, like that was a specific, like, I just wanted to do some practicing. I wanted to get a little bit better in Procreate. Like I wanted to flush out some ideas for my branding. So, but some of the work that came out of that has grown into bigger things. One of which my husband built the platform in the back of our property and I'm painting a mural And the thing that like, as soon as we had some trouble, like sourcing lumber right now. And so he ended up getting some like crappy shed floor stuff for now. And he was bummed out about it. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, you, can I paint a mural on it? And he's like, yeah, of course we have to do something to protect it. And I was just like, and then all of a sudden I just like one of those illustrations just like popped into my brain and it went from being just like a little illustration for one morning, one morning's practice to like, now it's being pulled forward to an even bigger thing. And it's just like, and I don't question it anymore. It's just like, like I had asked him, 
as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, why did I just do that? But I'm like, do you want me to like give you a couple options? Cause the platform was kind of like his baby for a little bit. And he's like, no, why would I like you do what you want to do? Like, this is your part of it. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. And then I was like, well, I already had, like, it's already there. Like I already saw it. Why challenge it? Like that is, that's the idea. And just trusting that the ideas are good enough. The ideas are there and then there's more coming and it's all make, it's all just making sense. As long as I just stay in this inspired place. Yeah. Uh, I I could talk to you forever, but I suppose we should probably wrap up. I guess so. I'm not ready to wrap up yet though. We were saying earlier about like holding on to one thing so tightly. And I have this visual of like clutching something so hard, you strangle it and then it's no longer a a, a thing. Like you have to hold everything so lightly that like it it still belongs to you, but you're nurturing it. You know, you're not strangling it and trying to kill it out. Well, Um, that's, oh, sorry, go ahead. That's okay. And I was going to say too, I think people are so stuck on the idea that once you put something into the world, that's the only version of it. Mm. Or once you put yourself into the world as this thing, that's the only version of Mm. it. And I think more people need to give themselves the permission to know that any and all of those things can change. Yeah. If you decide in three months that that is not the right mural for that platform, or next summer you shovel the snow or, you know, next spring you shovel the snow off of it and you think this is done. This isn't, this, this isn't it anymore. And you start over, Yeah. you know, nothing is forever and everything has the opportunity to change people, projects. We just have to give ourselves the permission that we don't have to stay one thing forever. And a project doesn't have to be one thing forever we all can change and evolve. And I hope everyone does. Right. And I, that's, that's part of what I I'm trying to share with my brand. Um, this weekend we were, um, my husband and I have a vision of having like a whole trail. So we have eight acres here surrounded by acreage woods. And so we have this vision of having trails and which is uh, so much work to make. (laughs) I, I asked him the other day, I was like, do you think like the, the trails that are like groomed and stuff, like they have different tools that like, cause we just have like rakes and loppers and he has a, a leaf blower, like that's it. And it's so labor intensive. Um, and he's just like, no, I think this is how, I think this is just how it's happened, how it's done. And so I'm like pulling, I like make the path and then I go to pull out the little, like the little tiny trees that are growing. And I realized that like, it's not just like seeds. Now this might be general knowledge, but this was a new idea for me. It's not just like seeds and trees growing up, like what, like, like from tree, from the seeds. Um, there is that, but there's also like this crazy root system and then trees are growing up from roots. Right. So then all of a sudden it just like occurred to me because when I think of, when you think of the analogy of like a tree and roots and like, we need to take care of our roots. And so the roots are strong. So the tree can grow. I always imagined one tree with, with branches, one tree, and then the roots for that one tree. But so it's like, you grow like up in the same direction. But for me, like all of a sudden I realized like, it's not one tree. It's like this whole network and like ideas and yourself, like you can be all these different things. You can grow into different things. You don't have to be that one 
tree and just go this one way. Like, yeah, maybe you started here, but then this comes up and then this comes up and it's all out of this root system. And yes, this, the roots are the most important part, but all this other stuff can grow from the roots. It's not just this one trunk. And I, I don't know why, but that just like blew my mind this weekend. And I was just like, yes, that's what it is. It's not one, it's not one trunk, right? It's tons of little trees and tons of little ideas. And you just keep evolving. And I think that's the best people I know have reinvented themselves over and over and give themselves permission to do that. Right. Yeah. I just oh. think like, like you wouldn't be who you are right now. Like, could you imagine still being those closeted lovers, you know? And like, I know I just, my heart breaks when you were saying that my heart just like breaks for you because how much was the world missing? How much were those children missing that were, you know, like the, there's a faculty, I don't know. There's just a, a level of permission that, that, um, is given when people get to just be fully expressed and evolve as much as they want. Yeah. And I, but I think too, we have to be really diligent about creating safe places where people feel like they can do sure. that. So like everyone needs to not only be aware of who they are as themselves, but knowing that everyone else is on their own journey and we need to create, you know, you say a fertile void, but I feel like we need to, create like a, a a fertile space of acceptance for people Mm -hmm. to come and be who they are in that moment. And if it changes in three years, we also have to hold them and, and be okay with that too. Um, but I think it's important as a community to just keep working towards these spaces where it's safe to be honest with yourself. It's safe to make mistakes. It's safe to come as you are and then come as you are again in uh, time and and share your story again even if it's different that's what we need to be working towards as a greater greater society I think I think so too um before we go will you just explain the the newest installation you just did for us oh I will I just got to go put eyes on it again yesterday and it cool. made me very happy and we have a beautiful uh group up here called up north pride and typically we would have a week long celebration in June doing all various activities. Uh, in the past, I'd host a sign making party uh, that people could come and make posters. I'd design three or four screens to screen print posters um, for our visibility march that we have. Um, but we aren't doing that this year because of just taking extra precautions for COVID and bringing together uh, a large group of people doesn't seem very responsible. Um, so instead, for the month of June, Up North Pride had reached out to three different artists and a, a, t- a company in town donated shipping containers as our media you know our uh canvases canvases and they were dropped off at three different locations and then three different artists were just given the theme catharsis that's all they were we were told was like we're centering the idea around this theme of catharsis of letting go of stopping and breathing and and give you know getting rid of the heaviness of the past year of your let you know your upbringing of the labels that society places on you whatever and um so all three of us had crazy different interpretations of what catharsis meant uh and for mine i focused 
on the idea of shedding uh, the weight of the burdens and labels that people, society places on people. And I painted the outside, uh, the exterior of the shipping container in all of the colors of the, the new pro progressive pride flag. Um, and then over top of it, I painted a giant cicada <laughs> because um, I was reading an article about the whole Brood X 17 year thing. And as I was reading it, I was going, this is it. This is my idea for this thing is like this, they can visibly shed a skin and they come out softer and they grow into their next life cycle on the other side of this shedding. We need to do that. Yes. So how do we do that? So uh, I depicted a large cicada on the outside and then on the inside of the container uh, worked with Two Bays Productions, which is a DJ production company up here. And they created an automated uh, visual experience inside of the container where you're able to enter and it prompts you to just like let, let go of whatever you need to let go of. You, you know, you shut the door behind you, you can scream, you can yell, you can do whatever oh, you want to wow. do. And it's dark in there. And uh, the automation is voice activated. So once you're yelling and, you know, whatever, an affirmation shows up at the other end of this container and it starts out really small and they circle through a couple of them. Uh, one of them is I am proud. One of them is I am enough. Um, there, there are seven or eight or 10 of these affirmations that cycle through each different person's time they go in. And, uh, then when you speak, it prompts you to speak this affirmation after you've let go of whatever you need to let go of, then you speak this affirmation and it grows to fill the container on the other end in like this gradient rainbow. Um, so oh. I am enough, or, you know, I am proud starts small in a white, simple font and then grows to every color of the rainbow ceiling to floor of this container. And then my hope is that once people are able to emerge from the container, that they're a little lighter and they've, they've been able to shed some of that weight and they can emerge softer and, and ready to do some ready to grow some more. Wow. That's incredible. I didn't realize that you, so you were the one that, um, that like made the connection between the, the audio visual company, like for, I didn't realize that like you curated that whole experience. And I didn't know that it was that experience. Wow. Yeah. What was connection and creativity? Like what a beautiful intersection right there at just, wow. I'm really moved by that. I didn't realize fully what the experience was. Yeah. I mean, your mural was stunning, but the, the, uh, the journey that it brings you on is like, so beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you must you. be so proud. I am. I am very proud. I am excited to have visibility in kind of a rural small town um, during Pride Month. And it's in a very public place. And yeah, it, it gets to stay up all month. And it's been really nice to hear stories and people circling back and telling me about their experience or, you know, sharing it on social media. And it's been really nice. I got to sit down and do an interview with uh, Interlock and Public Radio, which is our like NPR syndicate here. Cool. So yeah, it's been really nice. It's been a fun project. 
Wow. I'm, that's really exciting. I'm really uh, inspired by that. That's wonderful. So, well, thank you for sharing all of this. This, this conversation has been wonderful and also a little selfishly validating. Like I, when I find people like you, it's like, I'm pretty sure we're going to get along great. Right. And it's like, I'm just going to trust, like, I'm not going to spend a lot of time worrying about any of it, you know, like, I just, I knew that this would be great and it really was really nourishing for me and my creative self. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Likewise. Thank you for giving me time this morning and chatting and this could be five hour conversation. I'd have to go refill my coffee cup, but (laughs) I feel like we could sit here for days and do the world's longest podcast together. It was (laughs) something very freeing about it to me too, that you didn't bombard me with 30 questions you're going to ask me. And it was just like, we're going to talk, talk to you tomorrow. It felt really safe. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was just like, we're going to show up as ourselves and wherever this goes, it goes. And I really appreciated that too. So thank you. Oh, wow. That is so helpful because part of like being a new podcaster and um, self-taught, I feel really rooted in, like, I call these conversations and they're not interviews to me. They're conversations. They're back and forth. That's why I feel so comfortable. Like, sharing things with you. Like, it's not just me prompting you to share things for my audience. I want my audience to feel like they're just like experiencing our connection, Yeah. you know, and, um, but I can get a little stuck sometimes thinking like, well, do you know who Andy J pizza is? Mm -hmm. I I'm interviewing him tomorrow, which he started everything for me. Like I Googled creative podcast back when my dad was going through liver disease, liver failure. And I was all maxed out back four or five years ago. And I found his podcast. I had just kind of started listening to podcasts and he has been a huge influence on me. And, um, I, I asked him recently in inspired action and, uh, he said, yes. And so tomorrow is like, this has been a very big week for me. Um, but I do feel nervous cause I was listening to one of his podcasts the other day and he's just so good at what he does. And he's got all these like prepared questions. And so you actually like, so divinely have reassured me that like, this is enough and that I am enough. And like, I am worthy of ho- holding this space. And so like, Thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I want, I always want to be part of a conversation where people are listening and then, you know, they chime in thinking we can hear them too. And I I can envision that happening while people are, you know, on a walk or drinking a cup of coffee, listening to this conversation. I would feel like I was in the room with us and want to interject. And I think that would be my goal. If I ever had a podcast, I would want people to feel the urge to go, uh, uh, and then realize we can't hear them. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> because I think podcasts take sometimes do take that turn where you're just listening to an interview. And there's something beautiful about that too. But again, like we were saying earlier, like giving yourself the permission to be your own thing, be your do it your way. Yeah. Well, you go, girl. Thank you for your time. I look forward to seeing where this relationship goes. I feel so aligned with so much of, of what you do. And so we'll just see what inspiration heads our way. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you. Have an awesome day and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye Heather. See ya. Okay. Was I, wasn't I right? Isn't she wonderful? Our vibe was so good. I just wanted to go get another cup of coffee and keep going. 
Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I wanted to let you know that her adult pen pal program, The Letter League, the waitlist is open right now and it starts October 15th. Go check her out. She's over on Instagram at ampersand lettering lab. And I'll link to all her stuff in the show notes. But I really hope you take this opportunity to find some connection with somebody new. I mean, she takes such care in matching you up with your right pen pal. And it's just a beautiful program. So go check it out. And just a friendly reminder if you're feeling like you need some creative spark some daily inspiration get on my email list i am putting out a prompt every day for the day for the month of october and we're calling it sparktober so you can follow the hashtag sparktober 2021 come follow me over on instagram i will be posting my experiences for the daily prompts and i hope you enjoy it too so until next time please remember this you are worthy. You are enough. You are welcome here just as you are. We all have a creative self and you should be proud that you made it to the end of this episode because you just poured into yours. I hope you take this connection that I had with Heather and I hope that it ripples up through you and inspires you to go do something just for yourself. So until next time, have a great one.